right, welcome back to Web3 Whispers, where we talk to the geek brains and the chads that power Web3. I'm Matthias with my co-host, Steve. Wow, you got, a, you got a new intro today, huh, Matthias? I change it up every time. Every time it's a little <laughs> bit different. You know, you can throw down the flashcards finally, right? Just... <laughs> exactly. And then it'll bit. be like totally different. <laughs> yeah. Well, we uh, we have Trey, Wawa, Wawa, what? and Wawizi, I like that. And we have Kraft here, and they're all from Vivid. So first, before you guys introduce yourself, I just want to say uh, this project has both Matthias and I extremely stoked. Um, Aki Bright's artwork is absolutely stunning. I did so much uh, digging into his Twitter and just looking at, you know, some of his uh, some of his artwork and the history of his his page and whatnot. And it's it's just all super enticing. Um, Trey showed us the presentation yesterday, and and the lore that you guys injected into this project to give it a heart and soul is is enticing, colorful, and and just all around like it's gorgeous. Um, speaking of soul, like I know man's consumption of the soul by machine is a huge theme that's stitched throughout the art, uh, both, you know, literary and visual, but you know, I don't want to do all the talking you guys introduce yourself, let the listeners know who you are and, and how you're connected to the project. Sweet. Um, I'll guess, I guess I'll go first. So, uh, yeah, my name is Wawa. Um, that's W H three A's two times. Um, well, Weezy. Uh, what's up? I said Wall Weezy. Wall Weezy, that's right. <laughs> um, that, that, that's how you guys can find me. Um, you know, I used to go by another name called Lanykins, but uh, I that that one, the reason I moved away from it, it was funny. We were talking to the uh, Japanese team. Um, they called me Wawa-san. And uh, <laughs> after that, I was kind of doomed to be branded as Wawa from then on. So uh, uh, You're getting the sons and senpais. I love it. Oh, it's hilarious. Uh, it's actually funny. I got senpai not that long ago too. Uh, cause I, I bought this one girl's art from foundation. Hell yeah. And, uh, this one who was trying to get me to buy their art hopped in the DMs and she's just like, uh, <laughs> wow, senpai, <laughs> my art. <laughs> I love that. That's a, that's a dream. That's a dream. I'm going to, yeah, yeah. Matthias and I are going to be on, right? Yeah. Matthias and I are going to have to change our Twitter handles to Steve senpai and Matthias senpai soon. <laughs> yeah so that's me and uh you know kind of a little bit about me uh my background that is uh i've been kind of hovering around the nft space for just a, a little bit over a year about a year and a month um when i first got into it didn't really know too much about what i was doing i just know that uh when i started reading nfts around like march even a little bit earlier than that um ideas were kind of flying in my head about what to do with them um because I, I i come from music for the most part um and marketing a little bit here and there and then uh started a couple companies out of it trying to figure out how to move around the space uh launched projects on like tezos and then uh another one on a uh, polygon which that one was those are some lovecraftian nightmares uh, i won't tell you their names you can probably find them though if you search hard enough um and then uh, eventually got really seriously into the space, uh, like proper uh, in September when generative projects were starting to become really popular and people mm -hmm. were kind of starting to figure out the rhythm. And then after that, got involved with a bunch, starting with Fringe Crows to Creepy Girls to, to IMX Punks at one point, and then uh, eventually moved into the Creeps, which uh, if you guys familiar with Creeps, that one went insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's then, crazy. Uh, yeah, and in, in the back of my mind, I, I always kind of wanted to start to figure out how to make a project. So uh, then we uh, start somewhere along the lines to think about manga a little bit. And, you know, I was looking at anime and a few projects at the time, and I didn't really, wasn't really satisfied with how a lot of them were delivering. So 
bunch of stuff happened, Snow Dog down, uh, and a whole bunch of other things with the other two team members who aren't here, and then uh, end up here crafting the tray, getting the mix somehow, and then uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my uh, my origin story a little bit there. There's a lot more, but I don't want to take up too much time. So Hell yeah. there you are. I appreciate the intro. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like, did you so you were in Snow Dog? Uh, did you say that you were in Snow Dog or? Uh, no, so, so uh, the, the way the project actually ended up getting founded was through uh, the, uh, or not founded, funded through um, the other two uh, members in the group here. So Zap and Tracksuit Cat. Um, when Snow Dog out ended up getting rugged, um, yeah. full story. <laughs> I was in that. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I yeah, wasn't was, like a part of the group rugged. or anything. I was just like <laughs> holding. Yeah, I had, it was wild. <laughs> it, was, it was super wild. Um, so Zap managed to, he, he basically got in touch with the founder in some way. Uh, I don't remember he, what the name is, but uh, ended up getting uh, a, a fun start because they was like, let us start a community project up with whoever is left here. They've been picking up the scraps, trying to get projects off the ground. And uh, yeah, eventually they, they pitched, uh, they wanted to do an NFT project to me. And I was like, well, yeah, I've, I've been doing a bunch of work uh, trying to figure out the space. So let's, let's give it a go. And then uh, months later, here we are. Hell yeah. Wow. That, that is actually so like so wild. I I, I knew I recognized Zap. I was like, that, that the handle looks familiar. I'm like, where do I know that? And I was in the Snowdog uh, in the old Discord and then the new Discord when they started picking people. And um, wow, that's it's like crypto is such a small world. Like you get rugged in one place, you get rugged on AVAX, and you find you know you, you get rugged in another. <laughs> yeah, you get rugged in another. Like, another. <laughs> exactly, it's amazing. And hopefully by that like ninth so time you're done getting rugged, you find a project that's gold, right? Like this oh, time's yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, no, that's amazing though. I'm still holding my snow dog, so I'm I'm hodling. <laughs> oh, you gotta I'm go hodling. to the Discord, use the collab lens, so you can get your your, your holder rolls. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, I gotta get back in there. I was like, I was lurking there for a while, but I'm like, I'm not adding any value. I'm just like, and I get so many um, Discord pings and stuff. I, I'll get back in there though. I'll, I'll have to DM Zap. Definitely check that out, my guy. They're, they're doing some stuff over there, so I'm holding. I knew they would. I'm like, I believe in the uh, the redemption arc here. Like, I know it's coming. <laughs> yeah, we love an underdog story, right? Yeah, everybody loves the comeback story. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm already rugged anyways. It's worth zero. So I'm like, I either hold and maybe infinite money or, you know, sell and get 40 bucks. Like, it's only I'll up from it. here. I'll take my chances. <laughs> Trey or Kraft, when do you guys want to do, uh, want to give us your background? How you got involved yeah, yeah. in the project? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's great talking to you guys again. I know we had a, we had a pretty nice conversation the other day. Um, yeah, man. So I got brought on shortly, me and Kraft actually, shortly after the inception of the project. Um, got to meet these guys, kind of see what they're building. I knew Wawa a little while back from the Creep server. He was the head mod over there. So we've been in talks for a little bit. Um, as far as my background in the space, it kind of intertwines with how I got got brought onto this project. Um, I've been kind of networking, building collecting contacts in this space for the better half of six months. Um, I built up the Creeps Alpha server. It was pretty successful. We have like 1,500 active members. And through that, I was in, in talks with Wawa every now and then um, about random stuff, whether that be for advice, um, just a bunch of different stuff. And we built up a pretty good relationship there. And then as it turns out, he reached out to me after a certain amount of time to get brought on, meet the guys at Vivid. And I was kind of blown away by just the quality of not only the art, but just the core competencies of the team. Mm -hmm. um, you said you're kind of familiar with Zap and Track and Michael as well. And yeah, no, it's been dope. That's how I got brought onto the project. And 
yeah, yeah, it's been great thus far, and we're looking to looking to really hit the ground running. I guess we already accomplished that thus far, but really trying to take it to new heights. Hell yeah, Hell you guys yeah, are killing man. it. Well, cool. Dope. Should we have? Yeah, yeah, crack. Go for it. Yeah. So, like Trey said, kind of got brought in there. Um, actually, been in the space for about eight months. Got serious kind of in January, got super serious, been in way too much time, like we all probably do. Um, <laughs> had, had my fair share of rugs in the in the process, for sure. Uh, but got involved with the uh, Alpha server, actually with Trey working there, and we were able to connect. Uh, my background, I've been in Web2 for about 12 years. So uh, major tech companies that have, you know, pre-IPO, post-IPO, um, and have run, you know, revenue teams there for the better part of a decade now. So um, I think one of the biggest things that drew me to this project and working with the team was just the level of, of execution and professionalism. Um, it's just been off the charts and it really reminds me of, you know, really that IRL business focus and really wanting to drive value uh, for holders. And, you know, something I'm sure we'll talk about and, and Wawa will probably hit on as well, but, you know, we're not just a, a numbers go up type project. You know, we really want to build something and we want to build a culture here because uh, I think people are getting tired of how the space is played out. You know, I think it's yeah, fun definitely. for us, fun for us all to talk about and share our, our, our war stories and uh, our, <laughs> our rugs because I think we probably all have some we want to share others that uh, maybe have been in that. <laughs> you know yeah. and yeah oh go ahead so, <laughs> yeah no for sure i was gonna say i, I don't even want to know what's in wawa's uh hidden folder on open sea right now yeah right so, i don't think i don't think wawa wants to tell us either <laughs> so, uh, well, let's just say uh if both crap was a it was an nft collector it'd be me <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. So that's kind of how we all got got linked up. And as you guys have obviously seen the projects, you know, really blown up. And, you know, it's it's been because there was, you know, a lot of dedication, you know, months in the making before even launching. So, you know, it's just been awesome to work with these guys. Obviously, Aki's art speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. um, and the rest of the team, you know, you mentioned the lore and, you know, we want to build this, this 360 IP universe that, you know, touches multiple branches and just isn't an NFT, but is so much more, um, you know, I think we get caught in this, what is utility? What are these things? And it's like, what, what about the community? What about, what about everything else that matters that builds a project? Right. And how can we foster that from the ground up? So no, it's a, it's a really fair point too. Like, uh, I could, I could speak for Matthias and I, when I say like, we're both pretty big sci-fi fantasy junkies and like, uh, I do the lore for Shogun War actually too. So the first thing that kind of brings me into a project aside from the art obviously is usually the first thing that you see right like even scrolling down a twitter feed or on discord like you see the art and that's the first thing that kind of grabs your attention but the second i get into a discord it's like all right let me see the lore because world building i think just uh makes the project feel a little bit more tangible and it makes you feel like you're stepping into something other than just like a number go up number go down game and uh that's that's one thing that like immediately drew me yesterday when trey was giving this presentation was just like the world that you guys are building here yeah, no, definitely. No, that, I'd say that's definitely one, one of the highlights is, uh, I, I mean, that's exactly why I, I'm a fan of the creeps. Um, mm -hmm. Especially initially, it's it's this fun story where, you know, you have the overlord and, and the overlord hints at eating humans, but he actually likes ice cream and um, <laughs> you know, you have shapeshifters and stuff. And uh, th there, there's actually like a, like a, 
a personality that you can kind of supplement yourself into. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, with, with PFPs, I'm sure you can identify with a, with like a bird or a, a dog or whatever. But <laughs> I feel like it's kind of missing the, um, you know, the, the reflection points of like, what, what really makes a profile picture a profile picture, you know? Mm-hmm. Why don't you make a selfie your profile picture instead if it's more representative of you or of this character that actually has maybe some traits you can relate to? And I think there's a, a lot to be said about that concept, honestly. Yeah, and the more and more you give a PFP texture, like not, you know, literal texture, but figurative texture, the more and more you give a PFP texture, I think the more attached people get to it. And, and it gives the project some sustenance too. It's not just like, you know, I'm holding this until I, 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 this thing has gone up enough for me to sell it. It's like, I'm holding this because like, I believe in this thing. And also like you have this, you know, sort of emotional attachment to the thing because you've involved yourself in the story and you, you know, that the story is growing. And so, you know, it's just, it gives you uh it gives you something to look forward to and it gives you something to kind of get attached to. Yeah. And, then, and I'd actually maybe even say too, just to like add on a little bit further, mm-hmm. I think it actually starts to lay out the idea of what a brand kind of ends up becoming. Cause I, I think that's where projects kind of miss out on is it's kind of like the, well, like, like when you, when you go to create like a brand in the first place, you have to come up with like a mission statement. Right. So, you know, what, what's your goal is, is mm-hmm. it to, uh, you know, get, get a new culture involved in, into, into fashion, or is it to, uh, you know, bring, bring aesthetics to the racing world or, you know, whatever it is, there, there needs to be like a, a clear goal in mind. And I feel like that's one thing projects have missed out on. Um, but I think it's kind of integral to that texture. No, I agree. I agree. And I think that's definitely a good, I think that's a good pivot into, you know, kind of our first question, which I'm sure anyone would have expected, but if you guys could speak a little bit on, on what the project is, you know, not just what it is at a surface level, but what it's trying to accomplish and, and how you guys plan on getting there, you know, without having to leak too much alpha, you're free to leak as much alpha as you want, but, but yeah, I mean, just unless you want that. to, yeah, unless you, know. you want to, we, we nobody, would, we'd never steer you guys away. Alpha. Nobody yeah. likes Alpha. What are you talking about? Everyone yeah. hates that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll edit that out. No worries. Yeah. We'll, we'll redact it just to keep with keep with the uh, the theme of the Discord. It's redacted. Yeah. Love it. Me. Um. I'll let Fair Craft do this one because it's always fun to hear. Trey, hit it. <laughs> you guys miss me already? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Well, well you- I, I want to say before you go, Trey. Trey did such a good job at presenting the project yesterday in a uh, a very short amount of time because uh matthias and i had to hop off actually for another podcast yesterday and we didn't have too much time with him i think it was like 15 or 20 minutes and he like made that made that presentation so colorful in such a short amount of time and got us both hyped in like 15 minutes so i'm excited to see <laughs> what he does when he has a little bit more time <laughs> yeah man i i love talking to you guys too you guys are i'm really dope you learn a lot from hearing someone speak right um that was a big part of what's mm-hmm. happened on here too. So mm-hmm. happy to answer. The question was, what is Vivid aside from, um, how did you word it exactly? Just not because- surface level. Like what are you guys trying to accomplish and how do you plan on getting there? I mean, definitely we want to, you know, anyone that's listening that doesn't know what Vivid is already, we want to hear that, you know, that little bit of what Vivid really is, but we also want to want to know what the vision is and, and what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. So uh, as far as some of the things we already touched on it, as far as the detail of the narrative, as far as touching piece, but what it really comes down to is building something that people resonate with, right? And resonate with long-term and focusing on the the factors of it that aren't so obvious, right? So mm-hmm. when you look at Vivid right now, the first thing that jumps off the page, is clearly Aggie's art. 
Um, you can't really miss it. The attention to detail and the emotion he invokes is is pretty obvious right away. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot behind that once you peel the layers back. So the way we kind of go about it is we say it's a new brand for the new culture. So both those words are pretty important here, be, words being brand and culture, right? Wawa could speak for hours on on cultural significance of not just an NFT, but any any wave, any product, any brand and what that could really do for what we're building here. Mm -hmm. So we want people to resonate with what we're building and we do that in a couple ways beyond just the art. So you touched on the narrative a bit and it all comes down to the people we have on the team and what they're able to bring to the table and how we're all aligned in different ways. So as far as a narrative, Nell can't be here right now, but he's kind of the guy handling a lot of the narrative story building aspects of our universe. Mm -hmm. And he plays a very big role in in that aspect. So on top of having a lot of experience in the production world, working in Hollywood, getting some awards and accolades for his time at Verizon Media, um, <laughs> he's really, you know, the guy getting the handshakes done with whether that's Aki's media group um, or any of these people that are doing some writing for us and building out this immersive universe that people actually want to spend time with. Right. So mm -hmm. that's one part of it. And then keep in mind, there's some dots to be connected here um, without leaking anything. <laughs> if there's some dots that you, you know, we're, we're presenting the data. If you could connect some dots, I think it might be safe to do so. So why are we being so detailed with the story? Right. Is it just so Trey could go have fun presenting to a bunch of collabs? Probably not. Right. There's probably <laughs> something else <laughs> coming out of that. Um, so what might that be given the detail of the art, given our attention to story building? Um, I'm not sure if you guys remember, I know from Snow Dog said, you know, Zap a bit too. Um, mm -hmm. so like, why is Zap here, right? Is he just here to look cool with all his, all his, um, connects in the fashion world or is it something there as well? So we are focusing on value beyond just a PFP, beyond just an amazing community and some great art. I don't want to talk too much and leak and leak anything I'm not supposed to. But <laughs> we do we do have the AMA later too. Um, but yeah, now I'm welcome to field any questions you have specific questions you guys have as well. I I'll hope that kind of answers the question a bit. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. And I and I, I like how you kind of anchored it down with you know the between the lines there was that you guys have a stack team. And I think anyone that uh, anyone that listens to the pod and listens to you guys talk about the team, I think anyone could get excited about any one of you are all here building together it makes it that much more exciting yeah yeah i kind of want to just add on real quick too like when it comes to stack team because i think like uh you know you see these projects and this it's x apple it's it's x google it's uh x louis vuitton and everything like that um i mean to give give an idea of you know how, how serious the stackness is and you know Nell's kind of hard in it um he uh he's the whole entire reason we got in touch with aki and that's through his hard work inside of hollywood and, you know uh having an animation studio and, and you know working with uh just different professionals throughout the years and uh earning those accolades and uh i mean the the, the fact that that was the guy that actually got us in touch with the artist as opposed to maybe me who's more familiar with the nft space and whatnot um already kind of goes to show like we're, we're not just saying like, you know, this is, this is an ex Google person. Like this mm -hmm. is the ex Google person. He's not, they, they, we're not messing around. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I was just going to touch on that. I think people should keep in mind that 
um, a lot of the biggest companies in the world, what they really lean on is, is intellectual property. It's really IP. So like, why is Disney Disney? I mean, you don't have theme parks that are just blank. Like they're all filled with the world that Disney's built. Um, so if people ask like, oh, what's utility? What is it? Like, it is this world that people can figuratively live in. Like that, that is what a lot of utilities, I mean, what would you, Disney's not just parks, it's the IP. That's why people love it. And then it builds a community around that. So people kind of mix those up. I think a lot of times with like, mm -hmm. oh, it shouldn't it just be like utilities, like merch or something, or like I, it should get me in like a club or something like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, what do you, sure. what do you feel like when you first step into like Disneyland or, or a theme park mm. like that, or even just like when you're watching a show, it's like you're, you're stepping into a story. Right. And the idea that you guys are building out this, this world, this like universe of IP and also just like the world building that you put into it kind of connects things from, you know, what we're seeing in web three, the PFPs, et cetera, to like, you know, some of the, the alpha that you may or may not have leaked in, uh, <laughs> between the lines there, you know, it's, it's, it is the world building that I think you know, is probably one of the most attractive pieces that kind of connects the IP to the, um, the incentive and the, uh, the investment. And I think, oh, yeah. yeah. And I think that you hit the point, right? That's the attractive piece about it because you don't, I mean, I can come and say, yeah, cool. You want, you're going to stake our NFT and you're going to yield your token and here you go. And it's like, well, what is that though? Right. And it, it's, it's very singular focused where when you're focused on this world building, the project gets to be what the individual holder wants it to be it doesn't just have to be defined as what we've laid out you know there's so many different mm -hmm. variations and ways we can explore and i think the really cool and unique way that we're looking at it is how do we include our people and include that community in the process because the one thing i think we can all admit is we don't we don't know what we don't know right and being able exactly. to, to source that feedback and you know, some people, you know, back to the Disney example, some people get excited about the the roller coasters. Some people get excited about, you know, the food. Some like there's all these different elements at play that mm -hmm. create that experience. And if you can tie those together and package them into a way that people can explore how they want, when they want, and still get utility and get that value out of it, I think is really, really impactful. Right. And from a project standpoint, too, it gives people, you know, many, many avenues to getting into the project or, or not even just like using the PFP as like the nexus for all of these avenues. But just like if you get involved in the PFP, right. And like, you know, in parentheses, like if you were to like drop a fashion line or something like people on the PFP are going to want to get into that fashion line or even vice versa. And it works for anything, you know, in any sort of area that you guys are creating because like you get involved in one thing and immediately like your eyes turn to the next and it and it just it it kind of is like all these avenues that lead people to the same place and so it creates this like giant nexus of activity and you know there's just so much incentive to get into a project that uh has its hands in a million different spaces yeah, yeah i could not have said that better myself dude. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no uh, the articulation is dope there and you're, you're touching on a lot of key points that um, and a lot of key sentiments that we share here as well. And it, it's dope that you guys could see how we're approaching it from a multifaceted angles and how that could act, we're actually have the capabilities to string that together. I'm sorry to cut you <laughs> off there, Wa. Definitely. No, you're totally good. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it is to add on to like those, uh, those pieces, um, you know, like, like, for example, I come from like a community building, uh, community management type perspective more than I really come from a moderator perspective. Uh, that said, I, I'm, I'm the best moderator ever. Oops, never been <laughs> but, he's, he's not wrong. Um, 
but but you know like when it comes to like community management stuff i mean when we throw around the term utility i i think like i almost want to say it's the most dangerous word in, in the space because uh you know it gives people the wrong reasons to even check out a project and whatnot and i think like uh you know like what craft was kind of touching on um and, and you were kind of reiterating is uh it is that that cultural it is that is that stepping into the story um you know stepping into the world and you know actually embracing it it's kind of like the same concept i mean if the focus of you know uh, just nfts by itself is utility what are we doing making all this art for you know let's just go make pixels and you know figure out how we uh we expand the nft utility um but clearly you know the art and the world are the the centerpieces and i, I would say that's true for um, the most successful big projects are the ones that understand that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, I was going to touch on like Azuki's. Like they're really, if you're building the IP, you're building like brand, like a shirt, a shirt you're wearing, if it's, you know, Gucci versus just like a Target shirt, like there's a huge difference there. People try to nail down like the utility in a kind of a weird way. I think it's that same zero to one kind of moment when you get NFTs you get DeFi, like it just doesn't make sense before and then it like clicks and you're like oh shit yeah that totally makes sense like that's mm -hmm. what community is about that's what all of these big companies are about mm -hmm. so it's kind of nice definitely and you know I, I normally wouldn't ask someone to set the stage with the lore on the pod because i feel like most people that listen to this are probably just looking for the meat of the project but i feel like the lore <laughs> is a big part of the meat in this case and so can one of you guys just you know you don't have to give us every single piece of information on this universe that you're building up. Can one of you guys just walk us and, you know, these uh, Anon listeners to walk us through the the world that that they're stepping into? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got it, bro. Whatever you want to do. It's like the alley-oop. Here you go. <laughs> I'll hit um, you with a dime. <laughs> do you got it, though? I mean, I, I could, but... <laughs> just I was born for this. I'll take you guys. No, 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 no. You guys, you guys, dude. So our story exists inside the cyberpunk, sci-fi, post-apocalyptic world, right? As you guys kind of know. So think mm -hmm. high tech meets low life. Um, what we mean by that is societal problems got a lot fucking worse <laughs> while technology simultaneously <laughs> got a lot better. Um, you could draw some parallels there to current, um, present day um and kind of see what our trajectory might be we definitely wanted to you know draw some parallels there as well so in terms of story like the world kind of stops spinning shit hits the fan um the best and brightest and richest most importantly have already left um craft likes to say on jeff bezos's dick shaped rocket you know they're gone <laughs> they're, um, they're, out, is... dude. they're out they're Craft out with the yeah. jokes i love that <laughs> they rid rode that dick to the moon they're just yeah. like they're out of here yeah, yeah. they're still riding it bro they're, who knows where the fuck they are by now just so, fucking the stars i like it all day all day so then this is yeah. not about them fuck them right this is about everyone that's left behind who's still on earth mm -hmm. what do they do how do they band together um who what are their stories what are the obstacles they run into how do they overcome them and how do we make that you know as aesthetically and emotionally effective as possible it's kind of the focus here um so we have like some really cool locations that we're running into i ran you guys through in the deck a bit we have like the hive the earth's core um a couple other aesthetically dope places as well that we're building out that these stories and storylines kind of take place we have some main characters we have miko um you guys listening will probably recognize her as she'll be coming up a few times in 
whether that be in giveaways or wherever um, you'll mm -hmm. see our main female character presented. She's kind of like a grab runner. She's doing a delivery might go wrong. She might absorb a piece of nanotech that gives her some powers. Um, again, I don't want to, I don't want to leak anything too much as far as the story here either, but you know, we have these characters that are going to be interwe interweaved and um, yeah, the storyline's going to be super, super in depth. Picture, yeah. picture Super Mario Galaxy meets Inception. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, wow. that's, that's no simple yeah. picture by any means. No, but yeah, uh, point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do, I do really like the, you know, yesterday when we were, when you were presenting to us, Trey, you mentioned like, you know, one of the big themes here is the consumption, and even on the pod, you've mentioned this, that one of the big themes is the consumption of the soul by machine, like human soul by machine. And you know, I think it's very not trying to use a play on words here, but it is very vivid that like that picture that you guys are painting just through the the meat. Is it Miko? Yeah, yes. Miko. Yeah, just through Miko, because like you have this, you know, young girl, I think I mentioned yesterday the present during the presentation is like ch children or like childhood is like the picture of innocence, right? Like it's the purest form of humanity. And so it's you're using these two very uh very clear concepts right machine which is like also very clear and just the picture of miko with like the different parts of like nanotech attached to her and then you have miko herself who's like this young girl right it's like pure innocence pure humanity versus like pure machine and so like even if you weren't to tell me that that is the theme of the project just by looking at one of aki's pictures it kind of makes itself apparent and that's what i really liked um even just in the art like it just grabs you it captures you and it it tells you a story without there having to be any words yeah, I appreciate that, dude, that you guys got that just even from the short conversation we had. Um, I think it speaks a little to like how well you guys are like listening and how much you actually fuck with story building and lore building here. Because <laughs> yeah, um, that is definitely what, what we're going for. And that juxtaposition of that childlike innocence with mm -hmm. this cold, hard machinery that is taking over, you know, their world literally and, you know, the parallels between that and how much time me or you might spend on Discord in a given day being consumed by our laptops. <laughs> exactly. I think anyone in Web3 could speak to the consumption of the soul. Yeah, and, and kind of a cool for perspective on it, um, you know, why we lean into the story building. It's like, a, you, you ever see like people online and they have like a Itachi Uchiha from Naruto as their profile picture or Sasuke or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, any, any of the characters from Bleach and whatnot. And it's mm -hmm. uh, I mean, yes, they're really well designed and they look cool, right? But I mean, one of the biggest reasons why people think Itachi versus Sasuke is because Itachi has this big story behind him uh, about, uh, you know, the hidden... Killing his family for his brother. Exactly. And, and yeah. there's, there's so much more to it than just that. And you yeah. know, that's what makes him such a great character. It is is the writing. And that also is why a lot of people gravitate towards him. Similarly with like someone like Kakashi. So I think... Uh, I think story and lore supplement a lot bigger of a picture than people realize, honestly. No, there's a, you know, and that's a good point too, because there's a lot of like really cool aesthetically looking characters in Naruto that like people don't necessarily gravitate towards in terms of like making that their profile pic or like, you know, their banner on Twitter or something. But it's like just the fact that like Itachi, even like Shikamaru, like his, like the whole arc when uh, Asuna dies. I mean, I'm sure you're ma making all these Naruto uh illusion so i'm sure you guys are are familiar but like uh, yeah when 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 asuna dies and uh shikamaru has that plays shoji with his with his dad like that whole scene like got me so attached to him and i think like even though shikamaru isn't the dopest looking character like there is so much story 
in hit built into his arc and like his friendship with naruto and whatnot that like people get attached to him regardless of how he looks and so like oh, yeah. story story definitely plays its part in injecting itself into art and then and, 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 and it's exactly that connection um like yeah what you're with Shikamaru. like he, he is a more low-key character but then uh it's super cool then too like when you start to like uh you know read something like boruto um mm-hmm. which is actually really good um i just want to throw that out there real quick i will <laughs> I, I, I'm shameless Stop age. pumping your bags, bro. Shameless yeah. Boruto plug. Love that. Yeah. Boruto is good. Um, <laughs> I you guys haven't checked it out. It's actually good. Despite it, what people cool. say, it sounded like it's like, hey, guys, it's actually good. <laughs> it's actually good. I, I was a little bit worried. I'm not going to lie. Um, but well, the problem, like, everyone wanted it to be, everyone wanted them to create like the same Naruto story again because everyone fell in love with it. And that's like what they were familiar with. And I feel like Borta just did just not kick off in the same at the same tempo. It was like they they like already had their guns out, like everything was guns a blazing. And so I feel like a lot of people got turned off to it. But like I started watching oh, it and like I actually kind of like it. Yeah. 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 So, so it's, it's just cool to see like uh, the transformation of different characters too. I mean, yeah, you know, it obviously doesn't have to be just that. I mean, you know, we can take even more ridiculous examples like Vampire Diaries or something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I know, I know girls who you know they they see the one actor Gray. I, I don't remember his full name, but you know they see him and. Oh, uh, you, uh, you don't have to. You don't have to lie here, man. We know you know his full name. I'm just kidding. Gossip girl. Started. <laughs> no, no, those are yeah. all those are all fair points. I can't wait for the analogy, like the Bridgerton analogies. You guys like it's just like in Bridgerton when yeah. one character, you know, I'm assuming I've never seen the show, it cheats on the other one or something. Yeah. I don't know, it's yeah. something like that. I think I can't they call his name. the hero's journey, right? Yeah, it's the narrative structure <laughs> that everybody is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just yeah we just start to slowly disassociate ourselves with the show, but like we know the storyline to a T. <laughs> just like yeah, like I can't I, I can't fucking remember his name, but like he you know this thing happens to him, and then like you just know every single detail, but you just pretend like you don't know the names. Yeah, I love that. You want to admit like you watched it, but you but you don't want to be like ah uh, 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 nah. <laughs> It's always like, yeah, my girlfriend was telling me about that last episode. It sounds crazy. It's like, no, I just sat down and watched it and ate popcorn. <laughs> I was watching Gossip Girl. Same. <laughs> Ooh, man. So, uh, you know, you guys already talked a little bit about how you got into the space, so won't 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 harp on that too much. But um, we will go to Aki, a man who is obviously not on the pod with us right now. So if you guys could just break down a little, because he is so central to, you know, the the visual piece of this project and so if you guys could break down a little bit like who is aki like what has he done and just like how you guys got connected with him yeah so um i wish uh nell was here to kind of explain a, a bit better about the story but uh I, i've been here for most of it so um the way we ended up getting uh in contact with him uh was through uh, a media group that uh nell previously had been working with and that uh that media group is called muse and uh Basically, he used to work with a guy named Yasu, and you actually see Yasu in the Discord. He's super awesome. Um, we basically contacted uh, them, and uh, we were looking for artists at the time. They sent us uh, a deck back of basically some artists we can go check out, and uh, some of them were cool, but they weren't exactly what we were looking for. And actually, even at first year, um, I was actually specifically looking at uh, two other artists. Uh, one was called Boichi. Um, who did Dr. Stone and Sunken Rock and another one called uh, Shinichi Sakamoto. And he's done a mountain climbing one called Kokonohito and Innocent. So um, 
I've been shopping around for artists, but then the second that I saw Aki, I was like, that's it. I don't know what what it is about it, but that's it. Yeah, there's uh, always that moment, I feel like, where, you, where when you see something, you just know that that's what you're looking for. Yeah, and I mean, me and uh, Track, previously, we were looking at, at Scab and Pixiv, and uh, it, it's kind of funny, because we were kind of talking about it, how, you know, you don't really ever get to see, like, the... Uh, the, the bad side of a uh, Japanese art, you usually get to see like the polished animes and refined mm-hmm. mangas. But uh, when you go into Pixiv, you actually get to see like a lot more of the art that's not so good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so um, it's funny. So then, um, you know, we, we were trying to search stuff and we instantly, I saw Aki and I was like, that's it. And he even gave us a list of like 40 artists to check out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started going back and forth, uh, having some conversations and whatnot. Um, and then eventually we ended up meeting and, uh, Aki was just, you know, we, we just clicked. It was just like in, instant synergy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he really liked the ideas Zap was throwing out. Um, I was throwing out about in a tease and whatnot. Um, we were all just kind of juggling back and forth talking about this brand, this idea, um, you know, the, the high tech with the low life with, um, you know, the, the, the 360, what we're all trying to accomplish read between the lines a little bit there. And, um, yeah, I mean, he just aligned super heavily, um, which was awesome. And, uh, you know, th- that relationship getting built out has just been amazing. Because, I mean, every single time we get to meet with the Japanese team, um, you know, we're just blown away with Aki's delivery, which one thing is insane. Um, everybody's doing stuff um, and, and exceeding expectations. But, I mean, it's just, it's so cool when you see like Aki and he's produced so much work already. Mm-hmm. And then, He'll do like a promotional image that we didn't even know about. And then he'll like, he'll have like another couple things drawn up. And it's just like, dude, do you ever sleep? <laughs> yeah, um, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like anyone that uh, is familiar with Aki beforehand or anyone that familiarizes themselves with him after like getting into this project is immediately going to be like, there's so much clout there that the fact that someone like Aki was willing to hop on this project, enjoyed being around you guys, like enjoyed all of the ideas that you had and aligned himself with it. I feel like that already is like enough ethos for anyone that's kind of contemplating the project to take that first step in is, you know, you guys obviously have a stack team and there's a lot of people with a lot of ethos on the team already, but just the fact that like Aki and artist, you know, what is art obviously like it's visual. It's like how you make it feel, how it makes you feel all this stuff. And like Twitter being a visual social media space, it's like, that's kind of the first person that they're going to see. And so like, it's great that you have that ethos kind of like on your screen immediately before having to like dig into a project. And like, you know, like with devs, like you don't really see their work until the product is made. You don't really like get to feel that work until you've kind of uh, immersed yourself in it. But like with an artist, if you have a great artist, someone with a lot of ethos already, then like you kind of incentivize like anyone that's scrolling through their twitter feed to take that first step onto your page and like into your disc discord which is like amazing and obviously like he's gonna play a super significant role on the project down the line so yeah, just wanted to yeah. say and my I mean, piece <laughs> yeah no no totally and, it, and it's exactly like those pieces um it is the visual element and i mean that's that's also like uh you know kind of the point we come from um is I, I will say, I'll be the first to say, Aki definitely has options. Um, he did not have to work with us at all. Um, he's clearly an, an insanely talented artist. Um, and I mean, he would have no problem, you know, probably trying to get his own thing together with another studio or working with the Muse themselves. Um, so the fact that, the, you know, that they, they extended the line out to us 
and um, you know, we just synergized and connected so well is is super awesome. And yeah, I, I would say definitely speaks volumes about um, you know, the, the, the tier of quality we're bringing because you know we we don't want to do anything short of meeting Aki's expectations and it's cool because he's just, he feels the exact same way. Um, and it's funny because he says like, yeah, I just got to make sure I do good enough work sometimes. So he'll be talking about it. And it's just like, Aki, I don't know if you've ever done bad work. Can you show me <laughs> yeah. He's his, he's his own worst critic probably. <laughs> I feel like that's how most artists are. Oh yeah. No, they're coming from the music game. Uh, it's it's yeah. how, you, how you relate. Um, <laughs> I've, I've scrapped many uh, a composition and song, uh, to say the least. Probably <laughs> at least a, a good 1,500, so. So you know the feeling. At least you can relate on that regard, too, with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're your own worst critic, especially in that yeah. space. Um, like, there's always a way to make uh, the, the next best bell, the next best melody, next mm -hmm. best chord. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, that creative process is intense. But it's, it's cool, though, because, you know, also working with him as an artist, I mean, you know, I, I would say he's on levels of uh, artists who are similar in detail and speed, like uh, the guy who does One Punch Man, um, Murata, or, uh, you know, Berserk with Miura. Um, Saitama is the goat. Oh, yeah. Amazing. And, and just shout out Saitama. <laughs> yeah, shout out Saitama. Dude, shout I, out Saitama. One Punch Man is one of those shows that I feel like I could watch the same episode like six times and never get bored watching it. Season one. I fucking love yeah. it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need a season three with the with the same production cast from season one. I don't know if you keep up with the manga or the webcomic at all, but I do. I do. I I, I have Shonen Jump, so I I've kept up with uh with the One Punch Man bro, manga, yeah, and I hope they can I hope they can produce season three at the same quality as season one. And they need to, man. I I need to see it. Um. Yeah, no, one punch man's great. And, and it's just so cool that we get to work with an artist like that that is on that caliber of delivery, detail, synergizing, just the whole mixture. Um, I feel like that's a difficult thing to find among artists. Um, so it, it's just been nothing short of a complete honor to work with them and a, a great relationship that's kind of been blossoming from it. Hell yeah. Well, well, thanks for, uh, thanks for giving us the background on Aki. So anyone listening, that's Aki, like definitely check out his Twitter page on top of vivids, because, uh, if you are having any contemplative doubt on, uh, on vivid, which you shouldn't based off of this conversation, just check out Aki's page. And I think that'll be enough to bring you guys into the discord and get involved in the project. Um, sorry, Matthias, I've definitely been monopolizing the conversation. I know like we're both super stoked on this. So if you, oh, no uh, worries, I'm like totally enjoying like this is, I mean, I, I would be down for a whole, you know, manga anime podcast for this thing. <laughs> you know oh, yeah, I mean? yeah. like, <laughs> Just shoot the I shit mean, about anime and ma manga. Could do uh, it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hours, so. Same. Oh yeah. The vibes become immaculate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I, I think a lot of the ones that are really coming back, that are going to be cool vibe wise too, for, uh, people are like ghost in the shell, some like retro kind of stuff. Yeah, and I, I like feel like amazing. I feel like the uh, vivid, like some of the art that you put out, is like really reminiscent of Ghost in the Shell too, like that cyberpunk yeah. vibe. Yeah, 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 definitely. And, and you can see that in his work. He actually has a really cool documentary he put out through uh, this thing called Archipel, um, where he kind of talks about some of his inspirations and whatnot, and uh, you know what made him want to start drawing his art style and everything. And he kind of makes a big shout out to uh, to Dragon Ball with Akira Toriyama. Um, and, you know, how he kind of had these motifs when he draws and then, you know, Aggie started to adopt that and uh, mm -hmm. 
it's super cool. Um, definitely check it out. Archipel Acubright. Um, it's, it's a short little 10 minute documentary. I promise you won't waste any time on that. Hell yeah. We'll do. Um, can you guys speak a little bit? My bad, Matthias. Were you about to ask a question? No, no. I, w- I wanted to jump in and do something, but I was like, you know, if you have a question that that's all good. No, I was, it was just a timeline question. So I feel like that can come, that can come last. Oh yeah. I would actually, that's probably, we should do all of those. And then, um, if before I, cause I was going to get us off in the deep end of like the, the space and how they see web three kind of changing. And so we should probably let's do more on the project and then we'll get mm-hmm. the, the wild kind of questions. So I've, I've, <laughs> we'll save those I've, for the end. I think I got two project questions left. So the first one is, uh, you know, the general sense I get, or like the between the lines, I kind of sense that, you know, everything we are allowed to see, whether it's through discord, Twitter, whatever spaces is like very meticulously curated and delivered in a way that kind of gives the community a taste of what's to come, but not necessarily like the whole meal. So it has this sort of like ominous vibe, like something wildly impressive is around the corner or like wildly scary. Uh, is that intentional? And, and, and if it is, like, what, what's the purpose behind that? Yeah. Um, so this is another thing I kind of speak on. Um, so kind of because I, I do like all the marketing and stuff and kind of like the way I've kind of thought about it and planned it out. I think with, uh, with a lot of projects, you don't have the luxury of being able to kind of hide stuff and kind of, you know, plant things, put them in interesting corners. Um, and, you know, have this meticulous stock that's usually let's get the artist. We have the developer. Let's get the roadmap out. Um, we don't know what we're doing. This is probably the first time we're making a project, blah, blah, blah. So, um, most projects don't get that luxury. Meanwhile, on the other hand, um, with us, I've spent so much time, uh, you know, kind of devising this idea, um, and, you know, testing different marketing things out with other projects and whatnot. And kind of what I, what I've kind of just seen, not even just like in the web three space, but online, everybody likes a mystery of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, they like being on the edge of their seat and they, and they kind of like having a, having them tickled a little bit here and there and yeah. get a movement going. And uh, th- that's kind of the motivation behind it is it's, mm-hmm. it's people like, you know, thinking what's the next possible thing? What could they possibly do? And what, what does the event even look like? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's, it's so much fun to give people something to do um, you know, just from like regular marketing perspective, the best thing that I think anybody who's in this position can do is give people something to do. And if that's think about the mystique or actually show up to an event or, um, you know, participate in like community conspiracy and anything like that. That's what uh, I, I think energizes and, and kind of like adds energy to um, it, really any project, Twitter, Discord, or even, you know, TikTok music wise. It's, it's the same way, like, marvel kind of leaks these characters um and then that's even like you know quotations leaks i'm pretty sure marvel kind of does the same thing where they find mm-hmm. it out a little bit so kind of following that model a little bit yeah you kind of get their mouth watering before you give them a taste i, I like it no it's important it's even it's like you leave everything you guys put out is like a cliffhanger which like i've always enjoyed one thing i love about reading is like when you put the book down your mind kind of runs wild about like what's going to happen next and it just it makes it that much more exciting like the next time you pick up the book because it's like okay are like all my questions going to get answered you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and like it's kind of the same thing with like the content you guys put out it's like you kind of let everyone's minds run rampant until like you answer their questions or maybe you never answer their questions and like that's its own game too because people are left to kind of build out the universe in whatever way they want yeah oh no, yeah totally. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I really like that because a lot of times you'll get to see kind of how the community is thinking about a project, you know, how we've done that with Shogun where we get like to let people kind of 
develop it, write their lore for their own character, different stuff like that. But um, when you don't like spoon feed everybody, it really actually gets them more into the world. It's it's kind of yeah. wild that way. Yeah, and one thing like Matthias and uh, and Raijan, the guy from you know one of the co-founders for for Shogun War, one thing they like love to say is under promise over deliver, which I think you know even if that's not intentional in what you guys are doing is kind of what is just happening organically. Um, yeah, I, and then, you know, last question, ahead. sorry, project related. So I know you guys have your AMA uh, at 7 PST. So this pod probably won't even drop until after that. So feel free if this is one of the subjects you're going to touch on to answer the question. If you guys haven't gotten there yet and you don't want to answer it, don't answer it. But uh, do you guys have a timeline for, you know, when things are going to start to drop, like when we're going to when we're going to see some uh, some minting of the the long awaited NFTs? Um, don't want to give the exact timeline quite yet, um, <laughs> but I, I will say this: we're definitely not three or four months out or anything like that. Super far away. I like that. Um, so one to two weeks. It's contractual. Wawa just signed the contract. <laughs> definitely within the next Tomorrow. six months for sure. <laughs> there you go. Right after the AMA, actually. Um, <laughs> Surprised. Yeah, um, I mean, the way I would do it is I'd say sooner rather than later for sure. Awesome. Um, okay. I think I think something cool to add into there is uh, we're definitely going to be uh, wetting people's whistles or feeding their appetite along the way. So Perfect. it won't just be uh, here's the date go. We're definitely going to have some build up and some really cool stuff that should tie a lot of what we've talked about together uh, in this conversation as well. So I think it'll be really cool to watch play out over the next few weeks. Awesome. Yeah. And that's good to hear. And, it, you know, I wouldn't expect anything less from like the way you guys have been putting everything out. I think it's like all been, you know, when you read something like I'll use the analogy of like Lord of the Rings, right? Uh, you know that Tolkien put so much work into building that world that didn't end up on the pages. And like, it's kind of the same thing with some of these projects. Like you can get a sense that there's so much work going on in the back end and like things are built out that, you know, we haven't seen yet, or maybe we'll never get to see. And I feel like that just, uh, it has just made itself like blatantly apparent, just, you know, going through the discord, going through the Twitter for you guys' project. Yeah. You throw away, throw away 95% of the stuff and 5% actually makes it out to the public. And that's, right. that's the thing about iteration and, and making sure that it's, it's to that standard and to that quality. Right. Yeah. And the thing is too, like if you never wrote that other 95%, even if it never makes it onto the page, like it informs what makes it onto the page. Right. So like that 95% throwing it away as much as it sucks or like just never putting it on the page, whether it's intentional or unintentional, like it's kind of necessary. Absolutely. You got to yeah. get through that process and it, and the cool thing is once you do that, you know, it, you, you, you go back to it and you can weave things back and forth and it just creates, that's the beauty of creating the universe is it has so many different directions and angles that you can take that, how does it all tie together and where do you pull those pieces from both kind of historically and moving forward. So adds a lot of dynamic elements to the, to the storyline. Definitely. It's like, it's like the tip of the iceberg. Like that's the sense I get when I'm, when I'm, when I'm in the discord, when I'm, when I'm reading on the project and even just from talking to you guys. So I love that. And I'll, I'll hand it off to Matthias for some, uh, some personal questions that'll get you guys sweating. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's really interesting. Uh, what I was talking about before was like, kind of everybody has this light bulb moment where they're like, Oh, like shit, this is like legit. Like this is a real thing. This is a movement. This is, you know, this isn't a scam. It's not a Ponzi. Like, you know, people like to say, um, what was it for you? What each of you guys, whoever wants to go first, what was that moment for you? If you remember that? Um, and, uh, yeah, how was that? Yeah, yeah, I'll go. Um, I think for me, it's the friction point in society. 
right? There's this whole thing where, mm-hmm. you know, you remember when the internet came out, or maybe you guys do, I was around still. But, uh, you know, not to, not to date myself. Doxing himself a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> right, we got a yeah. boomer. Okay, good. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's like 80. What is he doing on this podcast? <laughs> um, oh, but if you don't, you know, if you remember or think about it back then, a lot of the controversy was like, oh, this it's like dating online and using dating apps online. Now it's normal. 10 years ago, mm-hmm. if you met your girlfriend or wife on the internet, you were a weirdo right like (laughs) and it's those things when you see that tension in culture and you see that like everyone's going against the grain and you know we happen to be the earliest of early adopters being on even on this call now right we're still so early in it but to see the ripple that it has caused to see that news like literally my 82 year old grandma two weeks ago was like how do I buy Bitcoin? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. So, well, well, Grandma, just... Like, yeah, I'm like, chill out, chill out. But also, <laughs> when you die, I'll take it from you. It's all good. Let's set it up. We'll just, we'll just put it in my wallet. Yeah, we'll yeah. put it in my wallet. It's fine. Um, I love that. Just manage your grandma's Bitcoin, of course. Yeah, yeah. exactly, right? So <laughs> I think for me, that was really like that inflection point. And, you know, I was really at the start of, of Web2, the social local mobile movement um, and got my career at a pretty well-established tech company started, you know, about 10 years ago there where the focus of what our product was is we started building with community first and we started to see that. And as soon as I was able to make that jump and just seeing Discord and seeing the passion that people had for these projects that they didn't know shit about, like think about six months ago, nobody was docs mm-hmm. ever, no one was asking questions we'll build a roadmap after we mint, you know, to see like a lot of the blind faith that people were putting into it and to see that advancement and that involvement from crypto to this next evolution, I think was a big turning point, right? I think when you, whenever you have that resistance and that friction from like mass adoption, you know, for the most part, especially in tech, if you can be there early and understand it, it puts you light years ahead of the game, right? If you've been in NFTs for, You've been in NFTs for a year. It's like, oh, that's like having a 20-year career in business, right? <laughs> because yeah, yes. like, so I think for me, that was really the tipping point um, with Web3 and just seeing how how it was able to connect so many different people. You know, people are, everyone wants to jump on a VC. Everyone wants to talk, you know, one minute you're talking to someone from South Africa, then someone from, you know, Singapore, the States, Panama, because they're trying to avoid taxes, uh, you know, other, <laughs> you know, wherever people may be. We get taxed on this shit? No, I don't, I don't know what you're about. <laughs> hey, you got to tell us if you're a cop, right? You got to tell us if you're a cop. Yeah, wait, that's the market. Yeah, yeah, that's how that works. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I pay all my taxes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> disclaimer, yeah. For legal purposes. Yeah. If the IRS is listening, yes. <laughs> Yeah, the IRS is just like, we got them, boys. We got them. What's that? Hold on. Someone's knocking at my door. Hold on. Yeah. Don't answer it. Don't yeah. answer it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We got them. We got them. <laughs> About to get swatted. Oh, man. But yeah, I, oh, think, man. I think for me, that was kind of the point, especially for Web3, that, that really made it that impact and that piece, you know, that powerful transition of, holy shit, this is disruptive in it's empowering, you know, us as opposed to the traditional means that we've seen. And, you know, there's a lot of power when you can build that community and you can build around something that people mm-hmm. are passionate about. Right. Like yeah. it's a difference. Be- it's the difference between doing, you know, if you're doing work, it's called stress. If you're doing something you like, it's called passion. 
right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the same thing here where you have people like, I'd rather work 24 hours a day than, you know, go be a lawyer and make good money. It's like, I would rather go work for myself and, and do that and know that it's a different grind, but it's something that you love to do. A hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's no. even a point that we touched on the last podcast is just like, you know, you could spend a hundred hours doing investment banking or you could spend a hundred hours doing something you love and like a hundred hours doing something you love does not feel like you're working. Yeah. Exactly. Or in Steve's case, you can do a hundred hours of investment making and then 50 hours of, of crypto as well. When you're me and you actually work <laughs> in an investment bank and you, you do web three. Yeah. It's unlimited it's, energy and pre-workout, you know, yeah, it's just passion on top. Yeah, exactly. The pre-workout, which I've been banging this entire time. I, I'm like literally taking yeah. a sip of it right now as we talk. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we're we're definitely really... going to have to, we're definitely have to sync on, on power ups. I'm, I'm uh, exactly at a, a startup, a web, uh, web two startup, right? now where i'm just like okay cool so do i just go all in over here and just say peace out or what does yeah. that look like right <laughs> so, i mean matthias has been strategizing how to pull me over this entire time so I, yeah and it I've, comes up with a plan soon i've been telling people burn the ships the burn the ship method you know believe in yourself you know i, I think there's like an old chinese saying and if it's not chinese i'll just make it up now but um <laughs> basically like you know it's like the eagle can sit on a high branch because it not because it treats or it, it trusts the tree. It's because it trusts its wings. So like people here, if you're early, you got good eyesight, you know, you're, you're going to do well. You hustle, especially if you put in 100 hours, you can't fail doing 100 hours of what you love. You that was know? a that was a sick quote. Yeah, I think I, I think love if you put, that. I think if you say like <laughs> it's an old Chinese saying before you say anything, you sound like 10 times wiser. So I love that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mo money, mo problems. It's an yeah. old Chinese saying. And it is, it comes from it. <laughs> Thank you, Matthias Senpai. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> some, some Chinese and Japanese cultural here. I, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, that, that was the other thing I was, I was going to say, just that reminded me of like, if you got here last cycle too, like, you know, 17, 18, whatever, like it wasn't, or even earlier than that, like it wasn't sure that crypto was going to make it, you know, like yep. I feel you know, I feel like this time, like we know, okay, good. We've hit kind of critical mass, not as in like mass adoption, but like, okay, this shit won't go to zero. You know, so mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good time. We've crossed the threshold and are, are at that exactly. point now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see that with Web2, like if you're coming from a Web2 space, you're like, oh, okay, now people, everyone has a cell phone. So Facebook makes sense. You know, that's on, like, you know, like it's just, yeah, so much stuff gets unlocked with that. Cool. Do we do Wawa or Trey, which, yeah. whoever wants to jump up there? I was going to say, um, real quick, give, give me the question one more time. Serve it to me real quick. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah no it's just no, the, it's i basically... forgot the question so i can't fault you there i was laughing too, po <laughs> too poetic there guys My bad. <laughs> <laughs> we no, got we funny. got drawn in but basically what what was the moment that basically you were convinced that crypto wasn't a scam ponzi or it was legit like this was really going to take off crypto or nfts was going to really take off yeah so for, for me with crypto um yeah, because I, I I'd heard about Bitcoin like way back when, like 2011, didn't really know anything about it uh, other than, you know, the name kind of circulated a little bit, had no idea what a blockchain was, nothing like that. I just knew that you could you could get some for, you know, a couple cents or however much it was at that time. Um, and then, you know, it wasn't really until like 2014 when the first kind of big Bitcoin pump happened and, you know, hit 700 800 dollars and i was starting to look at it like okay what's, what's going on with this and then uh i think like what really convinced me was uh 2016 you know bitcoin and ethereum are just going insane sicko mode or actually 2017 
Um, you know, the, the, the prices are going up. There's these new things called smart contracts. Um, oracles are an idea. And, and there's all these ways to, to start kind of like seeing how supply chain enters and um, DeFi, just all these concepts just started flying around like crazy. And I would say that the, the, the kind of the point for me, honestly, um, like the super hardcore point was probably NFTs. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you know, coming from music and whatnot, uh, you know, it's so hard to uh, create systems that actually, you know, give the, the right economic uh, incentive to like stay in music, creating music, mm-hmm. um, you know, royalties, that's a whole just awful conversation to have. And then, um, you know, credits work just everything to do with it and uh you know it wasn't until i kind of started to see like this picture of what nfts could start to be um and and what they could actually provide as far as like you know maybe not even just music and royalties and whatnot but uh you know obviously the other obvious ones we've seen is like the ledger being used for mortgages or um you know just tracking transactions and not having a a a money printer (laughs) not a reserve (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so a lot a lot of good economic incentive there um as well because I, I dabble in economics here and there uh mm-hmm. austrian economics specifically uh not, not a Keynesian, i will say but, uh, <laughs> yeah we're just kind of checking that stuff out and, and and you know like thinking about how how economies work you know economies of scale all these different concepts uh i i spent a little bit of time reading um about and then you know obviously with nfts after getting my first ones and kind of making my pfp and kind of seeing you know engagement or people like react to it and and kind of like start to paint their own ideas about it i knew that there had to be something there um and and i think that is the thing is it's like once you get your first nft or you actually buy your first piece of ethereum or whatever it is and you actually you know use a function on it or you actually you know, participate in some ecosystem or community, you start to see like people really believe in this. Um, and it's not just, you know, internet funny money. There's actually like a, a concept under there. And I, I think it takes a little bit of time to grasp, which is probably the only big crypto adoption issue. But um, I think once people start to understand it the way that like I've, I've, I've been able to or anybody else probably here, um, it starts kind of a clearer picture. And uh, Mm-hmm. I think that's why NFTs also are so strong. And it's kind of for the things we talked about earlier with brand and culture um, and identity is that it's actually giving a face to crypto that isn't Doge or Bitcoin or Ethereum. It's actually, well, maybe it looks like this. There's there's these apes or um, you have these frogs or Vivid, um, you know, wh- whatever you want to start to kind of like put a picture on this, this big movement that's starting to come up. Yeah, no, it's it's uh it's an interesting point because like I feel like once you're in the space, like this shit just makes sense to you, like why it matters, you know what I mean? But like if you're outside of the space, people just question it so much, and it's like it's getting people. We've done a lot of, you know, I, I won't say a lot because this is our ninth episode, but like we've done a lot of the episodes that we've done so far have really been focused on educating, uh, you know, specifically with DeFi, like educating people, uh, before they're in their space, like while they're in the space, like you know, um as they continue like their time in DeFi. And I think like for a lot of people, like it's just easy for us. Cause we're like, yeah, NFTs make sense. DeFi makes sense. Like, you know, crypto makes sense. Like it, it does matter. It does have utility in the future, et cetera. But like when you're outside of the space, it can be such a daunting task to educate yourself on the space 
And like that just gets compounded when you're not like building a project. Cause I, I will say, like, aside from all the time I've spent in the space, the time that I've spent helping, uh, you know, build Shogun War and the time that I've spent like on this podcast, I've learned probably like twice or three times as the amount that I did like all the time before that that preceded it. Yeah. And, and I think like kind of the interesting thing to kind of like maybe tap in there too um, is the idea of, of information scarcity and maybe not just information scarcity by itself becoming like one of the, uh, the kind of pillars of what blockchain can help out with, but, uh, you know, also like intellectual property and, you know, products of the mind and whatnot, um, actually kind of being able to be declared as, as some sort of ownership. And, um, I mean, again, like kind of from the artist perspective or music perspective, um, there's a lot of power in that. And, uh, I, I think people will start to see it once, uh, you know, obviously more web two people kind of come in. I think Ryan Carson, um, you know, actually the proof stuff is actually a very good, um, you know, fresh, uh, breath of fresh air in the space. Cause I think one of the things that's kind of held it back just a little bit are these web three only teams, um, you know, who, who, are, who are stuck in these web three kind of ways, um, mm -hmm. that were previously from DeFi and whatnot. And, uh, it's actually these web two kind of counterparts entering the space and finally like taking a risk that, uh, you know, they, they wouldn't have took beforehand. And I think that's kind of the cool connection there too, with even, a uh, Amuse and Acu Bright and whatnot. All fair points. Yeah. I think, I think for me, the, the time NFTs really made sense was, uh, when the Pope dropped an NFT, you know, <laughs> I think it actually just dropped today. The Vatican NFT NFTs gallery. didn't click for me until I saw dick butts. And then I was like, ah, oh, yes, this is the pinnacle of NFTs. <laughs> this is our oh, God. But I, what I mean, it is interesting that people bring these arguments to NFTs that like they wouldn't apply to anywhere else. So like, why are, why is Nike launching more shoes? Like they already have ones that protect your feet or like, oh God, there's so many shoes. Like, why do we need more shoes? Like, <laughs> well, they're all different. They're all culturally, you know, like they're all culturally relevant. Um, but that's kind of how I think of it as, Crypto, kind of the financial side, and then NFTs, the cultural side. Even though mm -hmm. there's a lot of, you know, crossover. And then I know, I know we're we're edging on our time here, but uh, Trey, you want to go ahead and answer that too? Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, a, a lot of fucking dope things to go off there. I think it, all fear is based off the fear of the unknown, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's mm -hmm. a pretty fundamental point there, and I think that really plays a role in this conversation. People, you were talking about people that are in this space and not in this space most human beings by a landslide are not in the space, right? I'm not mm. sure what the last numbers were. I think there's like maybe close to a million now. I'm not even sure. Um, OpenSea wallets, even, mm. you know, or MetaMask wallets. And most people have multiple. So it's like most people are from the outside looking in and people fear what they don't know. But when I realized this was going to be an actual big thing, it started as a learning process, like for most people. Um, I was dabbling in crypto for a while and I was like, oh shit, well, I want to make money, <laughs> right? Who doesn't want to make yeah. money? <laughs> but then the, the moment when I realized there's something much larger here was people actually building on the Ethereum network. And shortly after that was my, I guess, entrance into the NFT space and mm -hmm. kind of going to like community building and um, resonance in something that you actually own that makes sense on a on a basis that is much bigger than just buying an nft right mm -hmm. and if you can make money on the way you know that's that's just a positive so yeah i won't dig in too deep because i know you guys have some other questions there as well <clears throat> but yeah yeah i've been in the space for about six months now and i've been in crypto for about a year ethereum is 
makes me hard. I want more of it. How can I get it? Where so are the ETH banks <laughs> at? <laughs> you, got, you got any Digimarines out there? <laughs> oh, man. But I mean, I, those are really good points, though. I mean, it is, it's like from cultural to like, you know, um, just being able to create in the space to ownership to like, I mean, I think it just kind of gets crazier and crazier from here. That's why I'm super excited about your guys' project because like we need good projects coming up, showing people what can be done in the space um, that's, you know, unique and new. Yeah, and we're, we're super excited to, um, you know, you guys mentioned before the fact that we have the luxury of leaving things unsaid. And mm -hmm. while mentioned touched on this before, it's um, I think it's, relevant and kind of important to bring back up is why do we have the luxury of leaving things unsaid you don't you're not allowed to do that if you don't have a quality product right this yeah, space no, is true. absolutely devoid starved of quality and it's fucking sad no that's how many that's a really that's yeah. a really good that's a really good point because i feel like you know if you don't have a quality product it's almost like when you when you feel a little bit insecure about yourself and you do all this talking to like you meet someone for the first time you're feeling a little bit insecure like maybe a little socially awkward and you do all this talking and like a lot of it is just like nonsensical a lot of it is just like you know blabbering whatever and it's like you know you you kind of do all of this to make up for what you feel like you don't have and it's kind of the same thing i feel like with like projects that aren't quality projects is that they just try to put out as much content as possible you know quality lacking as much content as possible because like they they know they know what they have and they know what they don't have and what they don't have is you know outweighing what they do have and i feel like it's the opposite for quality projects they have the luxury of being able to leave things unsaid because they know that regardless of what people know what they what they want people to know or what people just you know know or don't know they know that people are going to love what they what they put out because they know exactly what they are and they know that they're high quality. Oh yeah, like valuable. the old Chinese philosopher that I knew <laughs> called <laughs> Matthias. Yeah. I know the old Chinese philosopher Matthias once said, "You know, we trust our wings." Um, yes. And exactly. not only do I trust my wings, I um I double down, triple down on the wings of the people on this team, um, and I think that's really what's gonna, you know bring not only us but everyone that's a part of this and part of the journey um to valhalla or the promised land or whatever that may be for each person um, at the end of the day oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> end of the day dude we want people to make money no shit. um mm -hmm. at the end of the day we want people to also have dope stuff in hand we want people to be in a community that's fucking awesome and they're happy to be a part of mm -hmm. rather it's not it's not like all right we use labels human beings use labels to understand things right but if a product mm -hmm. is good enough, you don't label it. Um, that's the case in a lot of things. Like if you're seeing an artist, like you're not seeing like this EDM, this rap artist or this jazz artist, you're going to see like, um, I don't know, who's the best jazz artist ever. It's like you, when someone's good enough, you don't fucking label, label mm -hmm. it, right? So yeah, we're, we're, our attention to quality is going to be paramount. And we think we're just excited to give you guys some of the dope stuff we've been working on. Yeah. No, that's a, it's an interesting point. Like holding on to something and understanding the why gives you so much confidence into like what you're holding on to. Like if I have an NFT and it's just like a pixelated dick or something like, and all <laughs> of a sudden the, 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 the price is like shooting up to like a hundred ETH. Like I'm just stuck there. Like, fuck yeah, I made a bunch of money, but like, I really don't understand why. Right. Like if I'm holding on to something that you guys have put out and like, it's skyrocketing, the price is skyrocketing. And like, I understand why I'm holding it. Then like, I have confidence to continue to hold like as the price is going up. Right. Like there's no, like, there's no part of me that's like, 
I don't really understand what's going on right now. Like, why is the price skyrocketing? Like, I, I, I should just sell because like, who, holy fuck, I made a ton of money. It's like, if you understand <laughs> the why, like you're confident in what you hold. Yeah. And, and, and not to go on too much longer, but uh, just to kind of touch on the point of, you know, it's something good. That's why we're able to, to hide. It's also, it, it's the reason why, like, we don't show the member counts in the Discord right away. Like, if you want to go find that stuff out, you totally can. But um, it's stuff like that or not pinging you every other hour for something going on mm -hmm. or um, not putting out a tweet every other day um, or, or kind of like, you know, bombarding you with these things that make you want to FOMO in because the, the goal isn't to get you to want to FOMO in. The goal is to get you to want to participate in something that's cool and something that's bigger than number go up. And mm -hmm. I mean, you can even like, if you just go check out the discord. I mean, we, we don't want to like filter anybody too much. We want the gatekeepers there. We want the, uh, the enthusiastic people. We want the people that are realistic about what's going on. And, uh, you know, there is no closed discord. You don't have to quit your job to go come get a, get, get in on the, the vivid hype, you know, mm -hmm. come join us when you want to, we got plenty of events and we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not trying to, uh, take over your life we're just trying to find out where we can fit in it yeah and like that brings me to i think an announcement that you guys had that i really liked the wording of it it was like you know this isn't a whitelist grinding discord if you have a life vivid will find its way into it and i thought that was like really unique i thought that was really cool um i don't even have that announcement up like i'm just going off memory and i think i read that like yeah, a, yeah. a day or two ago exactly. so like it's literally like it just stuck with me i'm like that you, you know you guys know what you're doing so uh you know i don't want to keep you guys too long and i know Matthias, I don't know if you have any other questions you want to ask before they hop off. No, I mean, I, I'm sure we could go on for another hour, but we're yeah. at uh, an hour and 13, so we, we won't keep you guys too much longer here. It's amazing. Thanks thanks for stopping by, and uh, I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, and, and I also wanted to say, like, you guys have a great vibe, like, as a team, like, even just, like, you three on the podcast, like, I can tell that you guys all click with each other, and, you know, uh, even if we never got to meet on the podcast, I know that, like, the team is building, um, and the project so far has been like astonishing and you know if you can't tell from like how passionate matthias have, and i've been on the the podcast like we, we love what you guys are putting out and keep doing it and uh yeah thanks for joining us yeah no, oh. thank you so much for having us and uh you know kind of kind of to touch on that i mean you know just one last point it's uh when it comes to like our, our team and whatnot i mean we've spent so many hours inside of that discord inside of the vc team we, we let everybody come and kind of check us out and see what's going on um but i mean like we, we've been together for four, five, six, seven, sometimes eight, 12 hours, um, you know, just in discord, working, talking, and uh, it doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel forced. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I don't think there's been a single interaction where we've kind of, you know, felt like, oh God, like, I, I got to be there and I, I didn't get my stuff done or, or whatever. Um, everyone's just got to handle it. We're, we're just excited to bring the team and everything else along with us to uh, the forefront and let everyone really absorb what a, if it's going to become. Yeah, I love that. Thank you guys. Thanks again. And and if you guys don't mind, I don't know. I haven't passed this by Matthias yet, but uh, we got we got allocated Let's some whitelist. And so I was going to uh, I was going to do like a you know a little secret whitelist drop here. I'm not even going to announce it on Twitter. Um, if that's cool with you guys. Yeah. 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 So we uh, you know if you listen to the podcast, um, you know this is the end of the podcast. If you listen to it, just DM me or Michaela Vivid, one of us. And uh, one of us that, and you'll be entered into a whitelist raffle. Um, I'm assuming, you know, uh, it'll be a much smaller pool of, of uh, raffle participants because you have to actually listen to the podcast. There's not going to be a tweet. So if you DM one of us, Viva La Vivid, uh, you'll be entered in the pool and in 24 hours, we'll, we'll raffle it off. 
Gangsta. Yeah. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Yo, it's talking to you guys, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was sweet talking to you guys. I, I had a great time. Yeah. Be no, in touch. Yeah. Awesome. sure? Thanks, guys. Cool. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, good luck at the AMA. Hopefully, you guys get some water before that. <laughs> 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 All right, bye, guys. Nice. Thanks, Peace, guys. Thanks, Peace.